Have you been looking for a Taekwondo podcast with qualified people who know what they're talking about, who help you keep up with everything going on in the Taekwondo world? Well, you found it. This is the Taekwondo Podcast. Taekwondo news, competitions and other events, training and sports science, keeping the fans, coaches, and high-performance athletes up to date with the latest news and trends on Olympic Taekwondo. Let's do this. This is the Taekwondo Podcast. And now your hosts, Coach Caesar Valentim and Peter Nessler. Hello and welcome to the Taekwondo Podcast. We are a podcast based out of Austria in English language for everyone out there who likes Taekwondo. The coaches, the athletes, sports scientists, the fans and their families. On this episode we will take a look at one of the most concerning facts of the year, the Omicron wave. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Coach Cesar Valentim and with me is Coach Peter Nessler. Hello, Peter. How are you? We are recording this episode with enough distance between each other, but we are vaccinated. We got our booster shots, yet we have a partial lockdown here in Austria. How are you dealing with these restrictions? Are you able to keep your Taekwondo school running? Uh, that depends. Uh, hello, everybody. Um, due to the measures uh, set by the government, we have to close down the facilities every Uh, well, let me say every few months. Uh, so the, the the broad basis of the taekwondo, the the, the children's and all, all that stuff, is not running on a normal basis all the time. Um, the teams, so like the professional athletes, they can still do their training, but under special restrictions. Uh, so it depends. Like for the structure of, from the clubs, it's not easy because the, the main income comes from, from the, the classes you have with children, you have with all the adults and so the normal stuff. Um, but you still have to run your professional team. So it's, uh, really not difficult, but we set up a good, uh, a COVID protocol, which was, uh, proven. Um, so. I don't see a problem in that. It's maybe a little financial problem, but we have some fundings from the government. So all in all, we could manage, but it's not easy. That is actually the difficulty between uh, the countries who have the back uh, support from the governments and the countries who don't. Also, other countries don't have as many restrictions as Austria or others have more. So it's a little bit unfair when it comes to it comes to when it comes to prepare the athletes if they are able to train as uh, well and as much as uh, in other countries the training restrictions mostly in austria affect the non-professional athletes or the non-international level athletes our competition at athletes they can compete they can train they can travel but they also follow different uh, rules in austria they actually don't enforce the vaccination for the professional athletes but in our case in my club they decided to take uh, the vaccine and the booster shots for all the adults allows us to also to travel more easily it allows us to go to other countries cross the border and come back without having to do quarantines and that's mostly the main reason behind uh, the vaccination for the competition team is not only a health reason it's also a logistical uh, reasoning that allows you to do all these travel arrangements in a, a easier manner uh, and understand that for example you are not enforced to take the vaccine but you are not allowed to stay in some hotels if you don't have the vaccine so logistically uh, it's easier if you are vaccinated 
vaccinated. And so far, all of the team that has been vaccinated had no side effects. So we're quite safe with it. Financially, you are correct. It's uh, We have support from the government. We are allowed actually to continue uh, with the restrictions and don't have so many people in training because we have uh, financial support in terms of uh, s- some funding for the salaries of the staff members. Um, we have all the trainers, everyone who's uh, full-time or part-time employed in the club gets some extra money. Um, the unemployed uh, people do get some support as long as they follow the restrictions and they follow the, the measures that are in place. But uh, also in terms of uh, club sustainability, it wouldn't be possible without the government. But it's also uh, those fundings are available for those who are big those who have a structure if you're a part-time club that did most of the stuff out of your basement and without the real um bookkeeping without uh, uh um inventories without all these things without paying fixed rents it's or at least being able to prove that you have those expenses it's a little bit harder to to get uh, access to those fundings and in other countries there is no funding at all i know the cases of uh, other countries in europe and especially outside of europe that funding is just not there you are not allowed to have training and you are not allowed to have um, any funding. That is, of course, uh, uh, way worse for people involved in Taekwondo. And I think in the long term, um, you will see uh, a decrease in the participation numbers. As a personal experience, I know that my teams, the cadets, and the, and before cadets, so everyone under 14, were not allowed to train because they don't count as professional athletes. They are allowed to train as uh, normal, regular members in any other sports uh, organization. And those were the ones who were at home for nine out of the 12 months last year. And even this year, they're not even allowed to train with contact. Those who are an exception list, they are recognized by the government. And those are really, really just a few. We're talking about less than 1% of the memberships in most of the clubs. In some clubs, none of the memberships uh, allows training is not possible. And and access to financial um, support for those clubs is also harder. So I guess that uh, it will be... In the long run, you will will notice a decrease in the memberships. I know that all my cadet team was set back like five years. I have to build them all over again. Most of them, they don't want to have online training after spending the entire day having online lessons for their high school or their middle school. So asking for one extra hour or having some outdoor training in a country where there's right now minus six degrees outside, it's not so so convenient and not so comfortable. So those are the ones we'll... uh, we'll, uh, suffer the most and the clubs as a pathway or as a pipeline of players for the future is hard if you are basically clocked in the beginning if the source is not working if you don't have the kids in the early teens or pre-teens uh training at least with some um regular training they will not later on be able to move into a competition team so right now i do have my seniors and my juniors training but i have almost no cadets and i will have to build um three four five years of uh children and preteens until i have my u14 uh, uh working the the same about the travel there is no camps outside there is not uh, events with them on the weekends there is no t- contact with other teams the restrictions in terms of um, competitions for the non uh, high level athletes we do have a lot of g tournaments world and uh, uh, olympic ranking events but there's not so many events for those that are not at that level and if you don't have at least on the base level if you don't have uh, people practicing people competing doing some uh, exchange training 
boot camps with other teams, the pipeline will dry, the source will be uh, empty, and we will not have um, a team in the future. How do you see that? Um, I think there will be uh, quite a lot long-term uh, effects we have from the COVID crisis. The one is a very basic one. The less the people move, the more unhealthy they are in the long term. So if you keep out people like children in the age of six, seven, eight years where the, the development of them with their body starts, uh, that's a very bad part to do. Uh, some of them now had two years, almost two years, no movement, like from the the bed to the fridge or whatever. Uh, the clubs are doing an enormous uh, job on the on the health system. So that's not not only for taekwondo; it's for the whole whole business in in, in sports, uh, at least in our country. Uh, I guess in all other countries as well. The, it's not about the professional sport. It's about the broad basis of people doing some kind of movement, and they are not allowed to do so now. So this is one of them. The other one is, um, as you said, uh, the professional teams keep uh, training in some countries, like almost normal. They can have their camps within their country. Some countries have a broad participation in Kirogi, and uh, so you could, well, you could stay for a long time in, in your country and have no need to get outside. In Austria, it's not the case. It's a small country, and uh, you have to search for, for camps abroad and um, develop your team with with uh, foreign teams. That's very important. And if travel restrictions are, are here and uh, we're not allowed to have uh, training in our country it will really uh, the, the basis will will be will be cut so in the next years we will see how many young athletes we will bring through to the seniors let's see most of the structures that we have uh, worldwide in terms of taekwondo they are basically the taekwondo school the mats uh, some uh, kicking targets and that's it Yet, the fitness studios were some of the, the first things to close. And uh, in, in not the, the case with any of us, we do have access to our uh, uh, strength and conditioning facilities. But most of the clubs, they work with strength and conditioning facilities that are outside. They are uh, um, mostly fitness studios, and those fitness studios are closed. And if the ones in Austria, 200, more than 200 are closed already, it makes it a little harder to have access to them. I can imagine only in the rest of the of the world. I really hope that uh, the situation gets a little bit better and that uh, um, people are allowed to train not only in taekwondo but in full package and as you mentioned correctly the health system depends uh, also on the sports system and if people are not allowed to do movement they're not allowed to train they don't have uh, physical activity uh, classes in the school it's going to be a little bit uh, complicated for the future the long term effect uh, of covid is not uh, foreseen yet we have uh, to do a lot in terms of sport development and athletic development on all ages. Thank you, Peter. Welcome. This podcast is supported by Hawken Dynamics. Hawken Dynamics believes that technology is most useful when it stays out of your way. That's why Hawken developed the world's first wireless force plate system with extreme usability. It is the quickest, easiest to use and most robust solution on the market. It is trusted by all sports organizations, large and small, as well as tactical, military and rehabilitation environments around the globe. It's force testing in the palm of your hand. Here at Vintekundo Center, we use Hawken Dynamics to test and monitor our team. 
The cloud-based platform allows us to access data and publish a variety of reports on the go. My favorites are trend reports and, of course, weight reports, where I can monitor different metrics to view progress and identify performance indicators, or to compare weights to a baseline data range. I use it on a daily basis to identify readiness. A simple jumping test takes me less than a minute to assess the entire team. Having my own Hawken Dynamics force plates allows me to test reactive strengths, maximum strengths, rate of force development, asymmetry and so much more. The real-time feedback on the app is useful not only for testing, but as a training tool, making it more accurate and at the same time more engaging for the athletes. If you are interested in learning more about Hawken Dynamics or getting your own, the team can be reached at info at or on Instagram or Twitter at HawkenDynamics. When talking about Taekwondo training, we need to talk about Athlete Analyzer. Athlete Analyzer is the first Taekwondo-specific athlete monitoring system. It is used by both national teams, regional squads and small clubs to maximize performance, prevent injuries and communicate with both athletes and trainer teams. Athlete Analyzer is a cloud-based system with a friendly smartphone app. You can plan and monitor every aspect of your training, even when you are not in the gym with your team. The easy-to-use video analysis tool is not like anything you've seen. It helps you understand your athletes and even their opponents, making this app the only tool you need to manage your team. Before I used Athlete Analyzer, I spent an absurd amount of time in front of the computer, creating spreadsheets and using half a dozen software solutions. I have athletes in my center, but also abroad, and with Athlete Analyzer, it's much easier to communicate, plan, and monitor their development. Now that I have extra time, I can focus on what matters, training my athletes, and it still leaves me some room to do other stuff, like this Taekwondo podcast. Athlete Analyzer offers you a two weeks free trial. Visit them at athleteanalyzer.com to sign up, or click on the link in the episode's description. To get the most of your free trial, I recommend you first book a free personal demonstration with Nicholas. It will give you a great insight of what Athlete Analyzer has to offer you and your team. It is well worth the time. You're listening to the Taekwondo Podcast. Now back to your hosts, Coach Caesar Valentim and Peter Nessler. So we talked about uh, the uncertainty and about the financial restrictions and all these training restrictions. What do you think can be done uh, at least until the rest of the year for uh, to remediate all of these things? First of all, uh, what what could you do as a club? Uh, do your homework, set up structures, um, deliver everything that's that's mandatory to just uh, keep up the the most training you could get. So, if government says you have to do that to keep your training up, do it. Please do it. Uh, it's not only important for you; it's important for the the health of the people. It's not a, not only about taekwondo, really. Uh, believe me, um, it's it's the broad basis you will lose if you lose the the, the children, the cadets, whatever. Um, it's not the adults; they come back immediately after. Uh, you close the school and you re- reopen. Um, it's about the long-term basis you int- you, you have uh, with with all the children's training and so. Um, do your homework, follow all the restrictions, um, and keep up your training as far as you could get it. 
we mentioned that the competitions are mostly for the high level athletes and there is no competitions or no circuits for the base. Who do you think should uh, worry about that? Is it something that the clubs should do? Is it something that the national federation should do? Or do you think it should go into a bigger umbrella and should actually be the continental unions considering uh, already some leagues or at least some events for the color belts? Well, it's a, it's a deal for everybody. So the, the federations in the moment, uh, I'm a little skeptical. They, they, <laughs> since, uh, COVID breakouts, uh, they were not too active, the national federations. The, there is now a full calendar of, of, of top events. Yes, that's true. But, uh, during the last, uh, One and a half years, one or two many activities. Um, also, you have to you have to build. Um, you have to get to the to, to the politics and tell them that it's important to keep up sports every day. That's very important. Um, the continental federations um, they kept up their good work, uh, so that's that's fine. I'm, I think that's good. There will be new ideas, as you told the leagues. The, there might be some ideas, uh, and we will fully support th those things uh, because we see we, we have to get some trigger to to get back on a normal pace. Thank you, Peter. Uh, it was uh, nice chatting with you about such a, a contemporary problem, the Omicron variant and uh, that all the restrictions that come to it. The next episodes will be a little more exciting for the listeners because we will talk about the uh, ranking systems that uh, exist, both the Olympic and World Ranking, but also uh, go a little bit about the national rankings where they exist and how they do it we'll also talk about the next competitions the next episodes will be already in when the competition season is in the middle uh, or at least started we'll talk about turkish open president's cup fujiraya and all these events so the next event the next episodes will be a lot more active a lot more about the competitions itself not about the problems that the clubs are having it was a pleasure being here with you and it with everyone who is listening this was the taekwondo podcast if you haven't already listen to our other episodes they're already available wherever you listen to your podcasts we are releasing new episodes every tuesday stay tuned subscribe to the podcast leave us a positive review and share it with your friends see you next time you've been listening to the taekwondo podcast keeping the fans coaches and high performance athletes up to date with the latest news and trends on olympic taekwondo your host coach caesar valentine has almost 20 years of experience with high performance taekwondo and has worked all around the world as a taekwondo trainer peter nessler has been teaching taekwondo for more than 20 years and he's currently one of the top referees in europe We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Instagram at Taekwondo Podcast, on Facebook at Taekwondo Cast, and the website TaekwondoPodcast.com. See you next time.